This is Sheffield Live. We're open for business life. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. Good morning. It's just after nine o'clock on Friday, the 26th of February 2016. My name's Jamie Veach. I'm your presenter for the next hour for Sheffield Live's business and social enterprise programme, Business Live. As ever, we're broadcasting live. We're on 93.2 FM. We're also on the internet at sheffieldlive.org. And that's where you can find a podcast later of this programme on the Sheffield Live website. In today's show, we'll be talking with Sarah Hill about the forthcoming Festival of Debate in Sheffield. Sarah is Marketing and Operations Director at Opus Independence, looking after Now Then magazine, involved with Opus Distribution, World Life, Word Life even, and of course the Festival of Debate, plus other projects including... Fairness on the 83, 21 Poets for Sheffield, and much more. Sarah's also director of Social Enterprise Mester's events, and we're going to talk about some activities there too. Now, before we turn to our, our interview with Sarah, a quick roundup of some things going on in business and social enterprise. And in the first business survey, which has been conducted since the EU referendum date was announced, the Federation of Small Businesses have today revealed the results of a snap poll that they've done of over 4,000 small business owners. Their research found that 42% of the small business vote on the UK's membership of the EU could still be swayed. The research also revealed how informed small business owners feel about the issue and what the main areas of interest are that will influence their vote. As part of the survey, FSB members were asked how informed they feel. Half of members surveyed said they do not feel informed about the EU referendum, which suggests that a growing number want answers from both the Remain and the Leave campaigns. And Mike Cherry, who's the policy director at the Federation of Small Businesses, said in a comment this morning that smaller businesses want to know the practical impact that remaining within or leaving the EU would have on their firms. He said FSB is going to be at the forefront of this effort on behalf of their members to get the information they need before casting their vote. New research released today by the London School of Economics has found that platforms such as Crowdcube and Cedar crowdfunding platforms are becoming increasingly important sources of entrepreneurial finance. Their findings have come after they analysed two years' worth of data from Crowdcube, an equity crowdfunding platform, looking at how crowdfunding investors behave and how they make decisions about who to invest in and how much to invest. The researchers carried out interviews as part of their study as well, and they they say that crowdfunding investors behave in an economically rational way, making considered decisions based on information about company valuation and prospective growth. The European Commission is offering a total of €150,000 to social ventures and to initiatives designed to support the reception and integration of refugees and migrants into Europe. 
The 2016 European Social Innovation Competition has just been launched by the European Commission in Amsterdam. And it aims to source and to nurture initiatives that enable refugees and migrants to contribute to the social, economic, cultural and political life of their host countries. And speaking at the launch, Councillor Marika Sharishyafi Janssen, who's from the city of Amsterdam, commented that social enterprises are shaping the future of the 21st century and Amsterdam wants to be in the middle of it. The councillor said that one of the great challenges of our time is the refugee crisis and it's a tra tragedy that so many people are forced to flee the horrors of war. He said it's a huge challenge for the European community, for European solidarity and for our governments and our cities. And the, the uh, initiative has just opened and is open for applications now. A panel of business leaders this week spoke at the UK's Northern Powerhouse International Conference and Exhibition in Manchester. They discussed the global economic potential of the North and they voiced their support for the creation of what they called a true powerhouse. In their talks, they agreed that while Northern England has strong potential for inward investment, the region also needs to develop its export market in order to unlock economic success. Here in Sheffield, the UK's largest transportable attraction is going to be installed next month. It will stand 220 feet high. It's called the Sheffield Starflyer. And it's a ride, a fairground ride, that's going to be located at the top of Fargate. It will operate from the middle of March through till the start of June. At the start site of the former attraction, the Wheel of Sheffield. Councillor Lee Bramall of Sheffield City Council has said it's a fantastic attraction that will bring many visitors to the city centre. He says it's, it's a perfect location for shoppers and those enjoying an evening out, plus families using other city centre leisure facilities, and that it will make a valuable contribution to the vitality of the city centre. The introduction of the mandatory national living wage in April is going to force businesses to confront their productivity issues, according to a new report from the CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. The report also warned that there appear to be starkly different levels of readiness among employers ahead of the national living wage, and that many still fear jobs will be lost in the immediate aftermath of its introduction. The report is called Weighing Up the Wage Floor, Employer Responses to the National Living Wage. They surveyed a 1,000 employers. They found that a third of large firms think an increase in productivity will be among their main responses to the national living wage, which is set at £7.20 an hour for the over-25s. But they found that among smaller businesses, there's a much bigger acceptance of lower profits rather than driving productivity. And at an event that launched the report, which is produced in partnership between the CIPD and the Resolution Foundation, Nick Bowles, who is the Minister of State for Skills and Equalities, said the national living wage was a way to induce improvements in output. He said that the Conservatives had originally opposed the original introduction of a minimum wage in 1999, because they weren't convinced it was a sensible economic measure. But he said that the party had since come to see it as a success. 
The EY Entrepreneur of the Year programme is now open for applications. They say it honours the spirit and contribution of entrepreneurs in the UK and around the world. They want business people, running small businesses and social entrepreneurs to enter. And the programme has operated for 17 years in the UK, recognising what they call exceptional people who can see the future and through their entrepreneurial or social entrepreneurial businesses are reshaping the future. They've had loads of social entrants, including Divine Chocolate, a well-known social enterprise, entering the, the uh, competition. And they say it offers entrepreneurs a chance to join an exciting alumni and connect with peers around the world. Find out more at eoy.co.uk. A couple of events coming up here in Sheffield on Wednesday the 2nd of March, 5pm something called How to Make It, being organised by the Business and IP Centre in Sheffield with inspiring talks from local manufacturing experts. They say manufacturability is a watchword if you have a great idea or product, but the chances are you won't get very far without knowing how the next stage works. And if you're a small business with an interest in making your idea or just starting out, take the opportunity to hear from manufacturing specialists and find out how they've made it. Takes place at 5pm on Wednesday the 2nd of March. Speakers include William Beckett of William Beckett Plastics, Gordon McRae of Gip Gripple, Steve Battle of Design Futures at Sheffield Hallam University and Steve Roberts of Fripp Industrial Design. And if you look up how to make it Wednesday 2nd of March on Eventbrite, you'll find it it's free to attend. And the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network are presenting their first workshop on social impact, a half-day introduction to give you the knowledge and tools to measure your organisation's social impact. It will support the development of how to measure impact following social audit network's approach to prove, to improve and account for your social impact. And the trainer is Sue Osborne, the Chief Executive of the School for Social Entrepreneurs in Yorkshire and Humber. Now, this takes place on Thursday the 10th of March, 9am through till 1pm at St Mary's Church. Cost is £10. And again, you can find details of that quite easily. Go to the Sheffield Social Enterprise Network website. So as ever, I welcome your views on the business and social enterprise news. So if you want to get in touch, if you want to make a comment, put yourself or someone else forward to be interviewed, then just get in touch. Email jamie at sheffieldlive.org, text 07904 272 200, find Sheffield Live on Twitter or find me, Jamie Veach, on Twitter. Whether you're running, whether you're starting a business or a social enterprise, or you're self-employed, employer or an employee, we're always keen to hear from you, so do get in touch. So let's turn now to our guest for today, Sarah Hill. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And a cold day, a cold start to the day, um, but a nice crisp day here in Sheffield. So uh, you come in today to talk about uh, a number of uh, events because you um, you're involved with multiple projects. You've been on the show before, but first of all, the Festival of Debate. What an exciting program you you have in this year's Festival of Debate with events going on both in spring and in autumn. Now, for those who haven't been to a Festival of Debate event before, what is the festival? First of all, well, our first uh, festival was last year. Yep. It covered uh, March and April, and there were 40 events in the run-up to the general election. Indeed. And that was, that was really the motivation for doing it, to be honest, was, was the general election and, and getting people 
talking about social and political issues in a in a kind of non-party political fashion, which I realise probably sounds a bit uh, a bit odd when I'm also saying it in the context of an election, but we kind of had the feeling that that people were so disenfranchised and disenchanted with party politics and people that seemed so disconnected from them just kind of jeering at each other over, you know, little insults in the in the House of Commons that we thought, well, actually what it's about is the issues that affect people every day and the issues that affect how we live our lives and how we're governed and, and everything from the food that we buy to the transportation that we have. Um, and so what we wanted to do was get people back to talking about those issues um, and not in a in a jeering way, not in an angry way, but in a in a positive way, talking about issues and how we could solve them. Indeed, and that's really important, isn't it? Because as you say, there are a lot of people last year, as we approached the general election last year, who were disenfranchised, and it's 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 very easy for people just to take the view: oh, politicians are all the same; oh, it won't matter who I vote for or whatever. Um, if you can't see how it's going to affect you personally or your family or your business or your social enterprise or whatever. And so last year's last year's series of events proved to be a, a great success with. Um, thought-provoking speakers and as you say I think it's really important it wasn't a a sort of jeering political you know you're on the left or you're on the right you're automatically wrong you're you know in in terms of taking taking sides it actually got people um, thinking and asking questions and giving giving a brilliant opportunity to ask great questions of, of really interesting folk so this year's event then follows on from from last year. Well, this year's this year's festival of debate follows on from last year's festival, and it's it's bigger. It, it's a substantially increased program, and and this year, you're running um, the festival events take place both spring and and autumn. Yeah, that's right. So at the moment we've released the spring program and yeah. we're still determining the autumn program. So as an aside, if anybody would like to get involved or they're interested in volunteering or they want to run a festival of debate event or they think there's something that we should cover, then feel free to get in touch. You can email us on hello at festivalofdebate.com and we're always interested in getting people involved because it's not us that runs all of these events we're coordinating it and we're supporting people and facilitating people but most of these events are run by other organizations in Sheffield like Positive Money like um, Nigel Slack Active Citizen um, like the Sheffield Climate Alliance people like that coming together um, to encourage these conversations across the city Uh, so in the spring program this year we've got another 40 events running from uh, the start of March to uh, early June Uh, And there's quite a wide range. Again, you can get all of the information. There's brochures around the city and uh, events listings on festivalofdebate.com. But I think like last year, what we want to do is have a mix of um, headline speakers and kind of, you know, interesting people that you want to go and listen to, but also a healthy dose of interactiveness. I think for me, the, the most important events that we actually ran last year were the ones where people from across the city came and got involved and they asked questions and they talked amongst themselves and they had discussions and debates and and really tried to move their own understanding of an issue forward as well as the understanding of people in the room and like to have that response was incredible and to be honest it's why we're doing the festival again yes absolutely so it's it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to engage respond and so on and i was i I was i noted in the um in the programme for the spring season, which, as you say, has been released now, March to June 2016, Festival of Debate, and 
on, on, up at festivaldebate.com. You talk about how Sheffield is an active and engaged city, um, instrumental in the past in national politics because of our manufacturing heritage and our status of a university city, but how, of course, society is facing issues that affect everybody. We've talked, of course, at the start of the programme today about a couple of issues that people are debating in terms of EU. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about uh, refugees, asylum seekers and, and migrants with the, um, um, the, the social innovation um, announcement and uh, programme that I mentioned at the start today. And of course, for small businesses who listen to this programme, um, who are hearing about the economic recovery, but maybe not feeling it, because I was taken actually last week, British Business Bank released a report saying how banks are now lending much more than they were and it's all fine everything's fine and wonderful but that never caused a problem before <laughs> well <laughs> quite but but what they yeah, indeed but what they actually said was that inside the report they said that for businesses of under 50 people are finding it harder than they were before to access finance and so i've been um, I've been looking at the work of Responsible Finance, an organisation that mm -hmm. supports uh, community development finance providers like Key Fund in, in, in Sheffield, but 60 of them across the UK. And they, they're lending money at um, sensible interest rates, not exploitative, to businesses who've been turned down by the banks. They have a very low default rate, um, but they're getting money out to businesses that need it to create jobs, but also to social enterprises. And in men many of them are... are similar to credit unions, working with um, families uh, and individuals that can't access credit and um, uh, could otherwise turn to payday lenders or, or high-interest lenders. Um, so even even in figures from places like the British Business Bank, we're, we're, we're saying, oh, yeah, everything's fine, and they say in their, their report, but actually their own report says, no, it's actually not fine yeah. for the small businesses. <laughs> Um, now, Festival of Debate is, is uh, we've, we've invited you to talk about it because it's uh, a fantastic chance for people to come to one of the 40-plus events taking part. And these will, will appeal to people on an individual and personal I-want-to-find-out-more base. Also, of course, if you're running a social enterprise or a business, then these are issues that affect your, your business and, and your social enterprise as well. Um, First of all, I was looking at the Is Fair Trade Enough event. That's on uh, Thursday the 3rd of March, so pretty soon at, um, at the Common Room at Hallam Hubs. So Hallam Students Union are, are involved with that one as well. Interesting event. Does fair trade go far enough? Um, does fair trade accreditation have a positive impact on the developing world? So... A chance there to engage in a in a debate that um, that covers issues that go far beyond just putting a positive sticker or a positive mark on a on a product and saying buy this, consume this, it's fine. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, for me that kind of hints on a very um, fundamental question that I think a, a lot of people struggle with, whether consciously or unconsciously. It's certainly one that's in in my mind all, all the time, really. Um, which and and came up a lot in the last festival of debate. We sort of we'd get we'd have this great discussion about an issue, and then we'd come up against this. Yeah, but ultimately the government's only going to do what the corporations say. Um, sort of 
head against a brick wall point of we fundamentally live in a system of global capitalism and we do things like um, support independent businesses, which is way better than supporting uh, supermarkets that I probably shouldn't name on the air. Um, (laughs) We do things like... uh, put recycled paper in as much stock as we can we we put fair trade labels on things but fundamentally they're all still methods of consumption rather than production and I think that's quite a thorny issue because it is better there's absolutely no doubt that it's better um in my mind anyway I'm sure there will be people out there that would disagree with me but uh but there's also a fundamental systemic question that needs to be addressed there in terms of if if the system that you are making better is actually fundamentally flawed or fundamentally unfair or fundamentally rotten, then how how do you address that? And it's such a huge, huge question um, that I'm not even going to attempt to to answer it. But uh, what I would say is that we we have uh, been working with the New Economics Foundation, who are an amazing group of people, and uh, anyone who's interested in this kind of thing should definitely check out their website. Um, and they are going to be running uh, an economics masterclass uh, entitled Austerity and the Alternatives. Uh, that one's on the 9th of April. Yes, yeah. on the 9th yeah. of April uh, at the other university, yeah. Sheffield University Students' Union. Um, and if, you, if you're interested in that, then please do sign up soon because there are very limited places because it's going to be quite an intensive day-long workshop around economics and alternatives to the current system. So that really is about um, exploring systemic change in economics, which I think we've got a few events that touch on, but that's the one that kind of stares it straight in the face, so to speak. So NEF, New Economics Foundation, great to have them coming up to Sheffield to, to uh, be involved in and present that, that yeah. event. We're hoping to get April. them back in the autumn as well. Okay, super. But you expect that one to be, uh, you expect that one to be fully booked, so it's, it's a case of sign up now. Yeah. Um, just unpacking some of the other things you, you mentioned, um, you talked about people may agree or disagree with what you're saying. Well, of course, I suppose the point of debate is this, you, you know, a forum in which people can discuss um, and share views and hear from other people who might not share the same view, exactly. rather than be all in an echo chamber of you know, reading a newspaper or reading a newspaper online that just echoes what you already think, but actually go to, go to these events, whether you think you agree or disagree with the premise of the speakers, find out more, find out why people hold their view. And actually, of course, if you go to the event, you have a chance to um, to, to ask questions of the speakers and, and challenge their assumptions if you, if you feel they need to. That's also the point with this, you know, radio programmes like this here on Sheffield Live. We invite people in to hear what they have to say. Um, and to uh, learn why people hold the opinions they, they do and, and the evidence on which they, they, they do so. And so if you've got a view on what we're talking about today, then you can get in touch with Sheffield Live as well as going along to the festival event, festival of debate. You can get in touch with this programme, come on air and talk about it because we, um, we're keen to explore points of view that affect us here in Sheffield. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think you're right. The, the key is 
is debate and discussion. Um, and I think, well, you know, that's why it's called the Festival of Debate, not the Festival of Politics yes, or, you know, or the Festival of Social Science or something like that. It's not, it's not about that. It's about having that discussion. And I think we do have a pretty good range of speakers and, and types of event for people to get involved in as well. So, you know, to an economics workshop might be quite intimidating for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, we also have uh, the Words of Subversion Poetry Night, Yep. for instance. So we've got some more kind of artistic roots into, into thinking about politics um, and there's, we've listed some films that are going to be on at the, at the showroom for example, which will be quite interesting and, and relevant. So there's lots of ways in basically. The point is to get in. <laughs> Indeed. And let's just flag up some of the other events that's a part of the festival. We've got, uh, we've got all sorts here and obviously it's really worth taking a look at the programme. But We've been talking about the EU referendum, um, top of the news this morning, uh, top of the programme this morning when we talked about the FSB's um, SNAP poll. But you've got an event, the EU referendum, what does it mean for Sheffield on the 20th of April? That's again at St Mary's Church, I think. Um, and uh, uh, with, a, with an interesting panel, including... Um, well, you can, you can tell us more about the panel if you like, so Yeah, yeah, we've got a great panel. So um, Dr Matthew Wood, who's from the University of Sheffield's Crick Centre. Um, we've got Susan White from Voluntary Action Sheffield, uh, Gary Bell from Assist, uh, Julie Kenny from Pyronics, Professor Simon Bulmer, also from the University of Sheffield, and Professor Michael Keating, not that Michael Keating, uh, from the <laughs> University of Aberdeen. <laughs> um, so quite like we've got a wide-ranging and very kind of well-educated panel with who are very well informed on the issue, and I think are you know really really up for debating and, and people going and questioning and, and asking you know what is this going to mean for them, for their business, for their yeah. family. Indeed, I mean this. Th that looks like a really fascinating and, as you say, wide-ranging panel. You'll have a, a variety of viewpoints, a variety of expertise. Uh, Julie Kenny of Pyronex, she was a high sheriff as well for a while, and a uh, very interesting business leader. Susan White, Voluntary Action Sheffield, will bring another great perspective. The the university and the Crick Centre folk, and well, it, it it looks like a really interesting event. And again, with so many people, whether they're the business, the small business people that were surveyed by the FSB, or whether they're individuals. It's clear that probably only about 25-30% of people have already made up their mind in terms of the EU, in terms of four, and 25-30% of people against, leaving 40% of people waiting to be convinced and wanting to learn about, you know, the arguments, the pros and cons mm. from the four or against events like this, festival of debate, debate a, a good chance to quiz people and find out more. Yeah, I certainly hope so. <laughs> hope so too. So, well, we'll carry on talking about what's coming on, what's coming up at the festival of debate in a couple of minutes, but we'll take a quick break for some music and uh, we're going to play a track of music chosen by Sarah, which is the Big Eyes Family Players and Friends, and this is Bonnie Boy. This is Sheffield Live. We're open for Business Live. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. 
Begbie's trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. You're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live, 93.2 FM and sheffieldlive.org with me, Jamie Veach. And we're joined in the studio today by Sarah Hill. Sarah is Marketing and Operations Director at Opus Independence, publishers of Now Then magazine, fantastic social enterprise here in the city, but also involved with the Festival of Debate of debate with 21 Poets for Sheffield, with Fairness on the 83, with World Life, with Opus Distribution, but also in a number of other social enterprises. In fact, we're just joking outside saying we have four guests the price of one because of <laughs> your, your many hats, Sarah. And we're going to turn to a couple of those other hats in a moment or two. But I just wanted to pick up on, um, a bit further on the Festival of Debate because there are so many, so many fantastic uh, events as part of the, the, the festival coming up. We've got something on devolution. Now, again, that's going to affect listeners to this programme, whether in an individual capacity, householders, individuals, families, but also businesses and social enterprises, because the devolution deals for the Sheffield City region are falling into place. But what does that mean? What, do, what comes next? And, and your event on the 19th of May is look, looks set to explore that. Now, that's Nigel doing that one, isn't it? Yes, Nigel Slack, who also ran the devolution debate last year at the festival, yeah. um, and it was so successful, we're doing it again. It was actually one of our best discussions, though. It was great. Um, we had uh, a guy down from Commonweal in Scotland talking about devolution there. He was fan- absolutely fantastic. Everybody got really engaged. It was an incredible turnout as well. We had nigh on 100 people um, come, to, come to talk about this. So it was clearly... Um, um, an issue that that was really important to a lot of people, um, and Nigel is hands down the best expert on it for Sheffield that I have ever spoken to. I don't think I've managed to come up with a question that he hasn't been able to answer. So that's definitely definitely one to go to. And Nigel, of course, has been presenting Talking Sheffield on Sheffield Live on the television. Uh, Sheffield Live TV on Wednesday evenings at 7pm and repeat at 11pm. So a chance to get to know Nigel through through the sc- small screen as well before going to that event on the 19th of May. At uh, now That one is, where's that? The Central United Reform Church. That's taking place. Yes. So, great. Now what else? We've got, there's a book launch for Upscribe Publishing. There is, um, have we got the treasury we need? Um events about climate change, events about engaging with and influencing Parliament, events about debt and democracy, the next Pecha Kucha, Steve Bell, um, noted cartoonist, satirical cartoonist who's been working for 30, 40 years... Yeah, I'm particularly looking forward to that one actually because I think it's you know it's one thing to uh, to kind of put across an incisive political comment in a thousand word article in a newspaper, but to do it in a few panels of a cartoon and to and to get it to the level that Steve Bell has got it that that's a really quite a remarkable skill. It is, isn't it? It really is. So it should should be a fascinating event that one as well. And. Uh, what do we have? It started with one at Well, hosted at Regather Works, um, talking about fracking, a feature film screening, looking at green energy, um, fracking licences, and, of course, 
many of the fracking licenses that are being granted uh, are in the Peak District. So a really important issue to find out more. Um, Sheffield Futures, Young People's Question Time, uh, SheFest, SheFest Saturday, celebrating International Women's Day with local female entrepreneurs. There's so much more here, and and, um, the best thing to do is to take a look at the programme, of course. Yes, absolutely, and just keep going to the website, uh, festivalofdebate.com. That's where all the latest information will be. That's where, if you need to book onto an event, you can get a link to do so. Um, Most of the events are free, so it's not, you know, buying tickets. It's just so we have an idea of numbers. Uh, It's great for people to register um, and uh, yeah, the, I suppose the other thing to say about the festival is that uh, available from April 2016 in all of your uh, reputable independent uh, drinking establishments will be the Festival of Debate beer brewed by Abbeydale Brewery for us. Um, called so, Why Not Give a Toss. Why, <laughs> why, why not indeed? <laughs> so why not give a toss and drink a pint of beer at the same time? Well, exactly, because, yeah. you know, we all know that everybody likes a good chat in the pub. And so is that going to be a pale ale? Is it a bitter? It's going to be a pale. It's going to be a light, hoppy, pale drinking session ale. OK, that's key information <laughs> for you to know, people. <laughs> Sheffield and Barnsley, Rotherham and North Chesterfield, North East Derbyshire, absolutely. Absolute, uh, absolutely love pale ale, don't we? Here, here in the city region, it's uh, it's it's very, very big. So that sounds tasty. Sounds well, good. exactly, and it can't all be serious all the time, can it? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And um, so, so there is plenty coming up at the festival, um, and lots more. Keep checking the website. Hopefully, some exciting announcements as well about about other speakers. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Super. Well, Sarah, we said that we're getting four guests for the price of one, and you're involved in in, in other projects as well. And um, and what? Well, now then, magazine, of course. In in terms of publishing, and in an age where, um, well, we've just heard about the independent going online only. Traditional publishers are finding things quite difficult but it's isn't it really exciting to hear about things like positive news worldwide crowdfunded um newspaper which has now turned into a, a high quality magazine and and owned by its um, by its readers and now then itself looks to be going from strength to strength with a uh, an audience, a, a readership who absolutely love the magazine and the interesting mixture of uh, of content that you put together. That's just one of your projects, but tell us a bit about how it's going. Yeah, well, it's going amazingly well, really. I think when uh, when the magazine started in two thousand and eight, uh, I'm not sure any of us really envisaged that we'd we'd still be going in in 2016. Like we're kind of blown away, and I think. Um, you're right. There is there is a move away from print in a lot of publishing circles, but I kind of I liken it, I suppose, to the thing that happens with music. Um, so CDs. I, I don't know anyone who buys CDs anymore, but I know lots of people who buy vinyl, and I know lots of people who buy digital tracks. So for me, it's about it, it's about that sense of of quality. And and one thing we've always tried very hard to do with now then is to keep the print quality and the paper stock quality very high, because obviously we have a lot of artwork in the magazine. We portfolio a different artist every month, um, and to to showcase that artwork in 
in a low quality print would just be insulting. So, so, so making the magazine a, a beautiful object, um, as well as something that has that, that great content in it is, is really important to us. And I think that is the reason that now then does so well in print. It's, it's the vinyl rather than the CD, if that analogy makes any sense. It does make sense because if you want to look at the, these fantastic artworks created by artists, it's a great, place to do that to and, and and to see them in all their glory as you say yeah and there's nothing like the smell of print in the morning <laughs> <laughs> quite absolutely <laughs> and i've 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 been um helping a social enterprise in london called pioneers post who uh, were publishing online um and they still are publishing online with lots of free stuff online but they've launched a magazine a printed magazine printed in buxton um which they're now sent, sending to people across the world and again it makes for a wonderful format. Um, it makes for a lovely format to showcase um, high-quality journalism and analysis, as well as great visuals as, as, as well. And um, so now then, great, launched 2008, going strong, fab- fabulous. Um, you're also, of course, um, involved with Peace in the Park and... Uh, plenty going on at Peace in the Park and it um, invites volunteers to be involved and to get involved in the planning of the event as well and the fundraising and making it happen and so on. Um, So Peace in the Park, how how things? Uh, Well, it's going to be the 11th of June this year, Saturday the 11th of June, on our beloved Ponderosa Park Um, and we are still fundraising. In fact, the Big Eyes family players who you listened to earlier will be playing a fundraising gig for us on the 3rd of April at the Greystone, so keep an eye out online for tickets for that becoming available soon. Um, But yeah, Peace in the Park is a wonderful event that I think is close to the heart of many people in Sheffield Um, and it's entirely run by volunteers. Um, we have to raise money for it every time. We have to raise about 20 grand to put the festival on. Um, so you can donate to it on local giving if you just search for Peace in the Park Sheffield, or you can come along and get involved. If you go to peaceinthepark.org.uk, uh, you'll find a schedule of all of our steering group meetings and fundraisers that are coming up and ways that you can contact us and, and get involved with the festival. Um, so, so loads of ways to get involved, and as you say, it's entirely run by volunteers. But it costs about twenty thousand to put on, and I think it's important to to talk about that because that actually has a really positive economic effect in Sheffield and in the city. Because then that is money that is being spent on uh, things that, uh, to to make the event happen, marquee hire. So. So uh, money going into local businesses and supporting local jobs. Toilets hire costs a fortune to hire toilets for events. Yeah, and, it really and, does. And, 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 <laughs> and so on. So whilst it's run by volunteers, it, um, and people who go along have a fantastic day out, it's a brilliant chance to hear, listen to, dance to, um, loads of great music, a whole variety of music. Um, Lone Lady was a great highlight last year. Yeah, I mean, we've had some incredible artists play at Peace in the Park, and it's... Uh... Sorry, Lone Lady wasn't at Peace in the Park, but anyway. <laughs> no, but, but, <laughs> but we have had some incredible artists who you have played at Peace in the Park. Um, and, you know, I think it's a great platform for local musicians and performers, and it's also just a wonderful event for the community with loads of other things going on for people to get involved in as well. I mean, we've been told um, by the council safety groups that in the area on the day of Peace in the Park, crime actually goes down. 
That's amazing. Which, so, which is, yeah. you know, which is incredible. Um, Superb. And I think, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a very important event in the Sheffield calendar, basically. And I would encourage everybody to support it in whatever way they can, whether it's ten p in a donation tin on a pub counter, or coming along to the meetings and organising fundraisers and getting really stuck in. Get stuck in. So we're going to we're going to turn in a moment to one of your other uh, projects and another social enterprise you're involved with. But uh, before we do that, that we'll just take another quick break for another track of music, and it's topical because this is. Uh, this is what we were just talking about. Big Eyes Family Players and Friends. And they're doing a forthcoming fundraiser for Peace in the Park. That's taking place at the Greystones. And the date of that was... 3rd of April. 3rd of April. So if you like what you're about to hear, Big Eyes Family Players and Friends, we're going to play a track called Greenland Bound. Then go to their fundraiser too. You're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live, 93.2 FM and sheffieldlive.org with me, Jamie Veach. And that was the Big Eyes Family Players and Friends and a track of music called Greenland Bound. And they're playing at a forthcoming fundraiser for Peace in the Park, the Peace in the Park Festival, which we've been talking about with our studio guest, Sarah Hill. So, Sarah, welcome back to the show. Um, Big Eyes Family Players, they have a new album, actually, which is released today, I understand, as well. So if you like their music, then you can find out more. If you like their music, you can also go to their fundraiser and support Peace in the Park. So, Sarah, we've been talking about you being involved with lots and lots of social enterprises, and another of those, of course, uh, which we want to talk about is Mester's Events. Um, and leading in nicely to Messers Events, Messers is a production company based here in Sheffield. You specialise in festivals, event management, doing venues, crew, decor as well. And, of course, you do the production at, at Peace in the Park, but you do that for free, don't you? Yes, we do. So we do a lot of work with people like Sheffield Theatres and Docfest, yes. uh, the University, University of Hull, places like that. And that work allows us to then do things like Peace in the Park for free. Um, and to do things like the Commons Fair, which is our heritage, craft and environment event, um, for free, effectively. Yeah. So, so we're using, we use our commercial work to underwrite community work. Yes, and, and many social enterprises take this, uh, this similar approach. They, they earn income, they, ch- they charge for their services. Most social enterprises are, are generating at least 75% of income through trading. Um, and then they can use that to pursue social objectives as well. Um, exactly. So, Peace in the Park is one thing that, 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 that you do. Uh, commons events as well, you mentioned. Uh, of course, the commercial work for, for clients who, who then value the service and the expertise that you can offer. But I was very interested to read about a recent trip that you took to Calais to work in the uh, refugee camp there and to support people down there. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, we left on the 5th of January for a week. Um, and fundamentally we took seven of our crew members so we operate a crewing service for events uh, and festivals we've got around 35 members on our crew roster so we took myself um, and the other two directors of the company and uh, four other members of crew so we had a team of seven people uh, and we went down to the refugee camp uh, with a van full of donations and a four-wheel drive vehicle which was remarkably necessary Uh, spent a lot of time pulling people out of the mud Um, and we built shelters, um, we put out fire points, uh, which were actually donated by Glastonbury Festival. 
Um, we did repairs in the camp. We repaired the jungle gym at the Women and Children's Centre. Uh, we did we did a lot. Um, we also went to the Dunkirk camp for a day, the one day that we were allowed to take building materials in there, uh, which is something we can come back to later because that's a whole other situation. Mm. Um, but uh, but fundamentally for us. Um, the skills that are involved in the work that we do in putting on a festival, putting on an outdoor event, are the same skills required for building a refugee camp. It may not be an obvious link to, you know, when you say it like that, but if you take away the the bars and the music from a festival, then what you've got is uh, temporary accommodation for tens of thousands of people with sanitation, with running water, with medical points, fire points... Um, Etc. Etc. Waste segregation and so on. So logistics and looking after people, safeguarding, people management, crowd management, um, providing access to facilities, and and so on. It, it is clearly then in, entirely transport transferable and good planning, presumably as well. Good organisation. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, there's nothing like the logistics of a festival. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so so our. Our ultimate aim, actually, is to have uh, a spring, summer and autumn series of events that we will run as Mester's events and have winters of disaster relief and humanitarian aid, um, which we will hopefully be funding via a new charity that we were going to be uh, incorporating, um, which is news that actually we only got this week, so uh, hot off the presses, so to speak. Um, We've been... Uh, accepted onto the Wasco Brown Foundation for Business Support. Fantastic. And they are going to help us uh, set up a charity which will be uh, linked to the company, which will be asset-locked, etc., yes. um, so that we can make sure that any profits that we make in Mester's events uh, go straight to the charity and to funding this humanitarian work. Because obviously we're not getting paid for the time that we go there, but it costs money to get there. Um, it, taking ta- so, so creating these structures... Um, ensures that your social impact is preserved and written in the asset lock um, ensures that as well but it also allows you to trade appropriately um, so for so so to do the the work that you, you do now wasco brown foundation of course they they some some organizations they support have been on this program and they've been on the program jim lawson who runs the foundation has been a guest a couple of times so good news for you to to hear that you've been accepted yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I think um, all of us who, who went to Calais uh, are still really affected by it. And I think it's... Um, well, this has been an idea that we've had, we've had for a long time. Um, we, we never had the opportunity to, to kind of try it until recently, until because Calais was so close. Previously, we'd been looking at um, kind of areas in the southeast Pacific where... Uh, People who live on low-lying islands, for example, have been displaced by climate change and rising sea levels, um, and are living in and living in camps. So, you know, those were the kinds of places that we were originally looking at when we were thinking about this idea. And obviously, it's a lot more expensive to get there. So, yes. in our minds, it was you know it was quite a long way off, I think. But um, when when the situation in Calais became so acute, we thought, well, it's just down there. We can definitely get yes. there. Um, and a chance to make a real impact in terms of the alleviation of an acute situation for refugees there. And uh, uh, you say it affected you and, and others on the crew significantly. So um, what were the biggest challenges um, and what were the conditions for people that you found? Um, well, 
Strangely, I mean, I thought the biggest challenge would be seeing the conditions that people were in, but actually, for, for me, the biggest challenge was coming home, um, which perhaps sounds a bit strange, but uh, I, in hindsight, very, very stupidly uh, didn't take a day off after we came back um so you know found myself sitting sitting in an office um trying to think about you know social media marketing strategies when 24 hours earlier I'd been trying to help people literally survive the night um so so that was uh, psychologically very challenging but I think um the conditions out there were um some of the most horrific things that I've that I've ever seen, frankly, particularly in the in the Dunkirk camp, which is not to say the Calais camp was was mm. nice, but I suppose to emphasise how terrible the Dunkirk camp was. Um, the one day that we did go to the Dunkirk camp was the one day that we were allowed to take building materials in there, as I mentioned. Yes, um, indeed. And the only reason that we had that time was because Medicine Sans Frontières, um, Doctors Without Borders, who are absolutely fantastic hero charity and that I encourage everybody to support if they can in any way, shape or form, um, actually successfully sued the French government over the inhumanitarian conditions in the camp. So it took that to it, allow to enable access from yeah. by, by Médecins Sans Frontières and, and by organisations like you to, yeah. to go and take building materials. So we had eight hours to get as many building materials as possible into the camp, um, which we managed. We set up a distribution centre to keep them out of the mud, but you're talking about very small, young children, some of whom are unaccompanied, um, living in conditions that we wouldn't allow animals to live in in, in this country. It was, it was horrific. So going there, you've been able to make some degree of a difference in in the in the time that you went down there and and, and do that before and coming back. But then plans to do so again this winter. Yes, well, we're hoping we can get yeah. back to Calais before winter, if possible. Um, but obviously, with the current court case and the yeah. looking at demolishing the jungle, we're waiting to see what happens with that before we make any specific plans. Indeed. Well, I hope that we hear some positive news about that soon. Um, Sarah Hill, thanks so much for joining us in the studio today. That's a topic we'd like to come back to. Uh, people can find out more about Mester's events, follow you on Twitter, find out more, of, of course, about Now Then, pick up a copy of the magazine, find out more about the Festival of Debate at the Festival of Debate website. We're short on time. I'd like to just thank you for coming into the show today. Uh, fascinating conversation, and we, we must return to these topics again soon. Um, but go along to the Festival of Debate it's going to be a superb programme of events. So, Sarah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And you've been listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live, 93.2 FM and SheffieldLive.org with me, Jamie Veach. We'll be back next Friday from 9 till 10, but don't go away now because next up on Sheffield Live is our fantastic folk music programme. Thank goodness it's folk, so stay tuned to that, to, for that from 10 through to noon. We'll play out with a little bit of Fay Healed. This is Sheffield Live. We're open for Business Live. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. 
contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com.